Hi, everybody. This is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to The Nutrition Diva, quick and dirty tips for eating well and feeling fabulous. I just found out that this show was nominated for the best podcast in the food and drink category in the 2009 People's Choice Podcast Awards, and several other quick and dirty tips hosts were nominated as well. It's an honor to be nominated, but it would be even more fun to win. You can vote for your favorite podcasts at podcastawards.com, and you're even allowed to vote more than once. You can vote once a day from November 14th to November 30th, and good luck to all the nominees. In today's show, I'm going to be talking about resistant starches. What can they do for you? And more importantly, what the heck are they? Now, I have a lot of information for you today, so let's get started. Don't feel badly if you've never heard of resistant starches. Although they've always been around, they haven't really gotten a lot of attention until recently. But lately, we've been learning more about the potential health benefits of resistant starches. In particular, they may be helpful for diabetics, for those who are watching their weight, or those who suffer from constipation. (laughs) But the people with the most to gain from resistant starches may be food processors and manufacturers. They've latched onto resistant starches in a big way because it gives them something new to sell to diabetics, those who are watching their weight, and those who suffer from constipation. Of course, you can also get resistant starches in regular foods, if you know where to find them. Before we go any further, let me back up and talk for a second about regular old non-resistant starch. There are three main types of carbohydrates, sugars, starches, and fiber. I've talked quite a bit about sugar and fiber in past episodes, but I've never talked that much about starch. Starch is nothing more than a long chain of glucose or sugar molecules glued together with a special type of chemical bond called a covalent bond. And when you eat a starchy food like a potato or a bowl of oatmeal, There are enzymes called amylases that break these covalent bonds. And when that happens, these large starch molecules turn into lots of tiny little sugar molecules, which can then be absorbed into the bloodstream. And that's how starches are digested. I remember one day when I was in fifth grade, our science teacher handed out some saltines and he told us to chew them up, but not to swallow them. Just keep chewing. Now, maybe you remember doing this too. After you chew them for a while, the saltines start tasting really sweet. And that's because your saliva contains amylase. When you chew a saltine for long enough, that conversion of starch molecules into sugar molecules I was just telling you about, well, it happens right there in your mouth. A resistant starch is a starch that resists this enzymatic action, and it doesn't break down into sugar molecules. For example, raw cornstarch contains a fair amount of resistant starch. And if you were to put some of that in your mouth and chew on it, it wouldn't start to taste sweet, no matter how long you chewed on it. Because they don't break down into sugar, resistant starches aren't absorbed into the bloodstream. Instead, they pass largely undigested into the large intestine. Well, now that you understand what a resistant starch is, let's talk about what they can do for you. Number one, resistant starches act a lot like fiber, which I talked about in episode number two. As with fiber, adding resistant starch to your diet can improve regularity and bowel function. Now, some people find that when they up their fiber intake, especially if they do it suddenly, they might have bloating or gas pains, other effects usually lumped together under the general heading of GI distress. Well, one nice thing about resistant starch is that it doesn't have this unwelcome side effect. Another fiber-like benefit of resistant starch is that it appears to help with appetite control. It helps you feel a little bit fuller for a little bit longer, even when you're eating fewer calories. Also, when you include resistant starches in a meal, it slows down the absorption of sugars from other foods. That means that you get a more gradual rise and fall in blood sugar levels after eating. That's particularly helpful for diabetics who need to keep their blood sugar levels steady. But the blood sugar roller coaster isn't a ride you want to be on even if you're not diabetic, and I discussed why in episode number 32. And finally, foods containing a lot of resistant starches are somewhat lower in calories than other carbohydrates because, 
at least some of that food energy stays locked up in the resistant starch and doesn't get digested and absorbed. Resistant starches are found in dried beans, bananas, and mangoes, especially the underripe ones, and starchy foods like potatoes, rice, and pasta that have been cooked and then cooled. There's something about the cooking and cooling process that converts starches into resistant starches. So for example, a cold pasta salad or potato salad is going to have more resistant starch than freshly cooked pasta or a baked potato. Also, sourdough bread is higher in resistant starch than bread made with regular yeast. There's something about the fermentation process that creates sourdough that appears to alter some of the starches. So the end result is that sourdough bread doesn't create as quick an increase in blood sugar as regular bread. Pretty cool, huh? I recently wrote about the health benefits of sourdough on my nutrition data blog, and I'll include a link to that in the show notes. So does all this mean that you can just eat all the carbs you want as long as they're in the form of pasta salad and sourdough bread? Nope. Sorry. If you're concerned about your calorie intake or your blood sugar response after meals, the most important thing is to limit the amount of pasta, bread, and other carbohydrates that you eat. Choosing a slice of sourdough instead of regular bread might give you a slight additional advantage, but the difference here is incremental at best. It's the portion size that matters most. And if it's the fiber-like action you're most interested in, well, keep in mind, dried beans are the best natural source for resistant starches, but of course, they're also a great source of regular fiber. So you kind of have that base covered already. But not to worry. Food processors are working hard to make it easier for you to add more resistant starches to your diet. There are already a number of products for diabetics, including cereals, shakes, and snack bars that used resistant starch to lower the carbohydrate count and the blood sugar impact of these foods. And now, starting to see resistant starches show up in reduced calorie foods, especially those that are being pitched at low-carb dieters. You'll see resistant starch listed in the ingredient label as resistant cornstarch or sometimes modified cornstarch. And there's also a flour replacement product. It's called high maize, maize like corn, M-A-I-Z-E, and it's made from modified cornstarch. The idea here is that you can replace some of the flour in your recipes with this product and you end up with baked goods that are lower in digestible carbohydrates and calories and have some extra fiber-like benefits as well. If all this is sounding like something you'd like to try, here's my quick and dirty tip for incorporating resistant starches into your diet. It's fine to take advantage of the benefits of resistant starch, either by choosing foods that are naturally higher in resistant starches, or by using some of these new products, substituting them for regular carbohydrate foods or ingredients. Just make sure that most of your diet still consists of wholesome and minimally processed foods like fruits, vegetables, nuts, protein sources, and so on. Because look, a cookie made with resistant starch can help you save a few calories and reduce your carbohydrate load, but it doesn't turn a cookie into a health food. Visit nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com for a transcript of this episode, along with links to some more info on resistant starches. Post your comments and your questions on my Nutrition Diva Facebook page or email me at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day and eat something good for me. 